I am man. We are a resource hub that strengthens men and those who are navigating the various phases of life and manhood. We are building a safe space where every man's story matters. We advocate, educate, coach, and empower men on how to redefine their narratives by taking back their power to choose who they desire to be. We provide the space and roadmap for them to reclaim their authentic manhood and masculinity while providing resources that enable them to become whole contributors to their families and communities. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Robert Marshall. Uh, I am Man Podcast. Listen, I am so excited about what we have going on this evening. Yo, listen, if you are just tuning in, if you're just uh, seeing the live link, yo, I want you to invite your mom, invite your dad, invite your auntie, invite your baby mama, invite everybody. Go get Pookie and them. I'm so excited because I have someone here, a guest that's joining me. Uh, his name is Sean Hart. Y'all saw that video he is a beast one of the best i'm excited to have him matter of fact i'm not even gonna waste too much time i'm just gonna bring him right on in yo what's up sean how are you man what's good man what's good bro man you you here man you here yo <laughs> Let's get this work, man. Dude. It's all good, man. I appreciate being here tonight, man. Oh, man. I appreciate you uh, carving time out of your schedule, man. Yo, who is Sean Hart, man? Yo. Yo, I just love people, bro. Like, yo, and people will be able to discover that as we wax deep tonight, man. Like, yo, I just love people, man. I just love to see people just uh, live their best life, man. I, I just love doing that, right? So, Sean Hart is a lot of things, man. But at the core of me, I just love to see people win, bro. And however I can help them win, yo, we going to get that work. That's love, man. So, man, Sean, what's your first impression you want to give people when they meet you? Oh man, that they can dominate their lanes, mm. right? Like because it's not about me, bro. Like <clears throat> people will find out, you know, really quick when I come and encounter them that bro, it's not about me. Yeah. It's about the assignment, right? It's about is about their assignment, it's about my assignment. And if we can focus on our assignment, bro, this other stuff won't really even matter. You know what I mean? And we get distracted by yeah you know what everybody else is doing and my thing is when i meet people bro i want them to walk away like yo i feel so empowered i feel so inspired i want to be the best wife i want to be the best husband i want to be the best son like yo that dude he says some stuff and i just want to be the best that i can be like not somebody else but i want to be my best i want to be authentic Right. Like that's where that's where the gold is, bro. Yeah, that's where gold is, Rob. Like that's where the gold is. It's not in me mimicking you. It's not me trying to do what you do, bro. The gold is me being authentic to myself. And when I'm authentic to myself, bro, yo, it's gold. So what is something so being your authentic self? What is something? I've, I've, I'll say this. I've heard and I watched so many of your clips and man, you're passionate. You hit people where like you like if you had a slingshot and just hit them in the little eye like that's 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 how you talk, man. And um, I'm curious to know what um, is something that you wish that you can help people avoid 
with your conversations, with your presentations? Oh man, what can I, what, what do I want them to avoid? I want them to avoid the quitting part. Mm. That's what I want them to do. I want them to avoid the quitting part. Like those tough moments, those are necessary, bro. Like in 2017, I wanted to quit, bro. But the Sean Hart, you know, now, listen, if 2017 didn't happen to me, you wouldn't know me. Really? Like you wouldn't know me, bro. Like 2017, like my life was like upside down and I was pursuing like people were seeing me on social media. I was putting in work, but they didn't know behind the scenes, bro. Like my life was going through H.E. double hockey sticks. And what I wanted to do, I wanted to hit the reset button because that's what I was used to. Bro, I started hitting the reset button when I was like 10 years old and it took me to 2017 to come to a place where I'm like, yo, I refuse to hit the reset button. So if I want people, what what I want them to avoid, bruh, is not to hit the reset. I want you to go through every pain. I want you to experience the trauma. I want you to experience those, 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 those dark days because that's where you are built. That's when you are, that's when you are made into who you are supposed to be. Yeah. What happened in 2017, bro? Bro, we, we don't even have enough time, but listen, uh, but no, but we're wax deep. You know what I mean? Like 2017, man, I had to start a whole new career. My financial, you know, situation far as like my, my job, like I lost that boy. My marriage was challenged, like straight up challenged. Like people see like me and my wife super dope now, but bro, 2017, man, we had to fight to keep that thing together. Mm. Dude. And that was like yesterday, bro. I ain't talk about like 20 <laughs> years ago, three years into marriage, bro. We had numbers. We had basketball numbers, bro. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I lost my mom like all in once, man. Like, yo, everything was coming from every single side. And, and this is and I was in the midst bro, of writing a book and I was in the midst of going through, you know, E.T.'s, you know, program, bro, where I was being coached by E.T., Right. And listen, I'm spending this bread getting coached in the whole nine. And I'm like, yo, I don't know where this money going to come from, but my passion and my assignment kept me going. Yeah. Right. And I had to reconfigure some things. I had to f- put things that was first. I had to I had to rebuild my marriage. Right. I had to rebuild me. I had to rebuild my business. I had to rebuild everything. So if I didn't go through 2017, bro, like, yo, I wouldn't be where I am now. But I had to the, what, what took place is that I had to embrace it. Yeah. And I remember the day that I embraced it, bro. Me and my wife went on a fast. Yeah, she was doing her fast and I'm doing mine. But bruh, the Lord told me, he was like, yo, you really don't want this. And I knew why, and I knew what he was talking about. Because I was praying all these prayers and people that's on this, you know, this call right now, like we we say we really want it. But I don't know if you really, really, really want it because I, I knew that I, I said I wanted it. But there was something that I was withholding because I was too afraid to say it. And it was simple, but it was powerful. Mm. He says, Sean, you don't really want it because you keep praying your will. Wow. You refuse to pray my will. And I was afraid to pray his will because his will, bro, I didn't know what it was. Mm. I knew that it would work out for my good, but I didn't know if it was going to work out the way that I wanted it to work out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. 
So the moment that I say, yo, all right, you know what? Your will be done. And at that moment, I felt a ton of bricks. Did my situation change? Absolutely not. But I changed in that moment because I said, God, I want to know you as a deliverer. Yeah. I want to know you personally as a healer. That's real. I want to know you personally as my way maker. And I was willing to go through hell and back to get what I rightfully deserved. Wow. So that's where it was all birthed at, bro. Dude. So from out of your pain, from out of your misery, here comes your platform, your ministry, if you will. Um, and you are you are across the nation. I'm, you're across the world um, and you're empowering people. But one of the things that and one of the reasons why I invited you on tonight, because you have this organization called Involved Dad. And yes, you have and you are impacting the lives of fathers everywhere. And I'm a father. I have three kids. I have a five year old. I have a two year old. I have a five year old, four year old and a two year old. Um, actually, today is my four year old's birthday. And we and we've been we've been celebrating. And for me, fatherhood, man, it changed the trajectory of my life. For me, fatherhood brought healing. It brought wholeness. Um, it, it actually gave me a safer space. It forced me to uh, to create a safer environment for me and my children. And one of the reasons why I invited you on um, tonight to hear for people not only to see and hear you, but also figure out, man, how do you carry the how do you empower men? How do you empower fathers who may have uh, damaged past who may be dealing with baggage? Um, and sometimes they're trying to be the best fathers that they know how but oftentimes didn't have great examples themselves. Yeah. How, how do you empower those people? Yo, I mean, it's, you know, the thing about it, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it, right? It's not just one thing. Um, but my biggest message, man, is that I, I tell them all the time, bro, it's not about you. And that's what we get caught up in. We get caught up in us. And I'm like, yo, bro, it ain't about you. It ain't about their moms, bro. It's about the child. It's like, yo, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to die to, to make sure that your children do, do not experience what you experience? Yeah. Right. Like we, we can talk, man. We all talk good game, man. Like we, we hold people to a, to a standard and we want people to be accountable, but we don't have that same standard for ourselves. So I'm like, yo, like you, you was kicking your father back in that he left you, but now you in this position to change the narrative and you're doing the same thing, bro. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? So my thing is, man, is that I, I, I deal with people from the place, man, that we first got to get people to die to themselves because that's the hardest thing, man, to get, you know what I mean? Rob got to die to himself. Sean has to die to himself. Like if, if we don't die to ourselves, bro, we going to still be caught up in the stuff. And that's the same thing. Like with our president, bro, like he refused to die to himself. Mm. Right. Like it's just people as a whole. So like when I'm working with men, we wax deep on dying to self so we can be the father that we need to be for our children. Like it's easy being Sean. It's easy being Rob. Know why? Because we already here, bro. Yeah. But it's hard to become the man that we are called to be mm. because we've never been him before. That's true. So we don't know what we have to sacrifice to become that man. 
That is because I'm already here, bro. Like I can do this with my eyes closed, but to become the man that my children really need me to be, like, bro, that's gonna come with a price. Yeah. To become that man that my wife really need me to be, it's gonna come with a price. So that's where I spend a lot of my time in, you know, dealing with men in that area and not only just preaching to them, but providing resources. Like we've been blessed to be in a position to where we can provide resources for them, like to put money in their hands and, and and help solve some of their problems with resources and, and other, you know, partners in the community, other agencies. That's love, man. What is the, what is the uh, biggest lie that you have to get them to dismantle, to become what I call the best version of themselves? The biggest, the biggest lie is something that I had to overcome myself, man, is that black men don't want to be fathers. That black men can't be good fathers, that black men, you know, that only black men are the ones that are absent. And what my organization, I don't only work with black men. I work with Hispanics. I work with whites, the whole nine. But but predominantly, like majority of those that I serve in this community are African-Americans. And that's one of the hardest things is that, you know, is getting them to a place to understand like, yo, bro, you don't have to be a statistic. Yeah. Right. Like you, you have control and and you can change the narrative. So that's one of the biggest things is like, yo, that you are not what they said, that you are more than that. Yeah. That's love. That's powerful, man. I, um, I often, so for me, part of my story is I didn't necessarily grow up with a father and I am, a, I am an involved father to the umpteenth degree. Um, how do you speak to men about being fathers when they never had one? Because oftentimes I found out, even in my own personal situation at times, I will, I will be there for my children, but internally, sometimes there's this thing that longs for the father, that longs for the love, the support, the affirmation that my children are getting. But then I have a moment where I click and realize I'll never get that. Hmm. How do you empower men to overcome those hurdles? To overcome the hurdles of becoming a father that they never had an example right. of, of, you know, the, the, the thing about it, man, is that, you know, we don't spend a whole lot of time with that, right? Like we deal with the power of forgiveness, mm. right? We spend time with the power of forgiveness because the thing about it is that a lot of times, about most cases, our fathers didn't know how to father themselves. Yeah. And one of my biggest phrases that I always use in my, in my um, sessions with men is sometimes you have to accept the apologies that you'll never get. Because yeah. oftentimes you you are wait, you're waiting for something that will nine times out of ten never happen. And even though the brokenness was not your responsibility, your healing is your responsibility. Yep. Your healing yep. is your responsibility and your healing is di- directly impacts your children and their life and their legacies. So you didn't cause the brokenness, but it is your responsibility to be the one that puts the broken pieces of your life back together again, of course, with the help of the Lord. Absolutely, man. I mean, it it is our responsibility, right? I mean, because nobody is 
going to come and save us. <laughs> right. And, and then a lot of times, man, we die silently, bro. Like, I mean, I work with so many men, like grown men who are trying to father, but like drowning by themselves because they don't have a safe place to go and communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or not even they may have a place to communicate, but they don't know how to communicate those feelings. Yeah. Right. I mean, so it's important, you know, like for even women, it's important to give your man a safe place for him to communicate his feelings and not and not hold his feet to the fire and not penalize him for being authentic and wanting to be transparent. Like my children, bro, they they seen their dad cry. They seen their dad in every single in every single phase of the game, bro. It's like football. You got three phases. You got you got offense, defense, and special teams, bro. And my children see me in every single phase. They see me when I hurt. They see me when I cried. They see me when I was embarrassed. They see me when I was angry. When I missed it. When I succeeded. And they and they saw when I fail. The whole nine. They they seen their dad being extremely transparent. Yeah, and I I think that's healthy, and I think it's necessary, um, man. And I think this speaks to generational fatherhood, different generations of fathers. I know I, I've had some mentors, and I have uh, mentors in my life who are a part of an older generation. You know, don't let don't let your family see you this. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you. Um, don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you worried or stressed out or whatnot. You just do it. You just be a man. And um, I have come to find out one that's not healthy. It's not healthy for me, and it's not healthy for my it, it, for my relationship. It may work for somebody else's or yours, but it doesn't work for us. Um, my wife wants to be bought in. And I think oftentimes, um, sometimes our wives or uh, significant others want to be bought into our worlds. And man, we don't have to carry the weight of the world by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it speaks volumes to your children to let them see you in those different phases. What have what, what has been some of the benefits of that? Yeah, my, my that my children have the ability to communicate like me and my daughter, bro, like my oldest, like, yo, the stuff that we talk about, bro, most dads, they they be like they go crazy. <laughs> like my da- daughter and I, we talk about everything, bro. Like my thing is like, yo, before you even take action of wanting uh, to do something with another boy, like, yo, we need to talk about that. Right. And and I'm blessed to have that relationship where my daughter talks to me about when boys tried to push up or tried to get her to do certain things. You mean, because she's not an airhead. Right. Like because her dad is like, yo, I'm putting up on game. I'm like, yo, let's 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 talk about it. Like, yo, why you want to do that? Why do you want to consider that? It's like because of him, because of her. Like, yo, let's wax deep. Yeah. So now I know that whenever she makes a decision to do something, that she's going to have the right information. Mm. And that's the beautiful thing about it, man, is that I created my wife and I created a safe space for my children to talk to us about everything. You know what I mean? Because now I don't have to worry about it. It's like that forbidden fruit. It's not like, yo, don't just touch that. 
So now they want to touch it because it's forbidden. It's like, nah, yo, you shouldn't touch that, but let's talk about why you shouldn't touch it. Mm. And if you think about touching it, let's talk about it. I'm not going to penalize you, not going to kick you out the house. No, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. let's give you the necessary tools to make a wise decision. Right. So I don't have to worry about you when you're not in my presence. So that is the culture that I wanted to create in my family and in my household is that, yo, your dad made mistakes. This is who your dad used to be. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Right. I wasn't always this person who I was, but I grew up. I've grown to become who I am today. Man. And this is why I can give you this information. Dude, that's that's amazing. That points out to one of the things I talk about in my book. I talk about giving people the grace to grow. And as of and as a father, how do you provide how do you how have you and how and what would you tell um other fathers, other parents, single moms who may be listening? Um how do they back the, you know, because we want to protect our children. We want to yep. protect them. So how do we back up, you know, from the take off the leash or at least give them a little bit more room and extend to them the grace to grow? Yep. Number one, think about you. How did it work out for you? <laughs> Just yeah. think about you. Think about what you didn't receive and how you navigate it and you made it. But just think about if you had somebody to walk alongside of you, how much better and different it would have been. Yeah, that's good. Bottom yeah. line, just think about you. Yeah. Right. You mean, so that's my thing. And then the other thing, part two, bro, again, it's not about you. <laughs> It's not good. about That's you. Good. It's it's your responsibility to father and to mother that child, but it's your responsibility to help them become their best ver their best version. Yeah. Not the best version of you, but their best version. Like how can you help them become their best version? That's deep. Right? So that may mean having bro, my daughter came to me with some with some heat. <laughs> and I'm sitting and cringing on the inside and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to show I'm sweating, but I'll let it know. Like, yo, I really don't like this. I'm not feeling this, but this is how we process. This is how we process. And because I did that, now she comes to me with everything. At least I think everything. Right. Um, <laughs> But to where she we we're talking about it. And then I'm like, yo, this is how you should handle that, because I've proven in the trenches of how important it is and how important it was to have that open dialogue. I think that's essential, too, because I remember, you know, and a lot of my friends, oftentimes there we would go to that one auntie, that one uncle um, who wasn't with our, you know, who wanted, who wasn't in our household to kind of tell all, all of our secrets, get advice from. And when I think what's so important about what you're talking about is you you keep it in house. You get to be a part of that process. And I think that's essential for being a great parent is that if you want your children to talk to you, if you want them to to trust you because you got to build that trust, you have to build the trust. If you want them, if you want them to trust you, then you can't snap off or pop off when you hear something that you don't like. Yep. Yep. 
that's key. That's key. You you can't you can't be you can't say tell me your secrets and then you hold it up against them when you get pissed and mad. Yeah, that's true. Right. You you can't do that, bro. You can't be like, yo, be vulnerable. And then you're going to take my experience or my pain and then you're going to throw it up in my face. Yeah. Like, bro, they had never come back. Yeah, that's that's true. They, they'll never come back, bro. <laughs> They're not coming back. They're not coming to talk to you. They're like, I just can't wait till I get out of your house. Yeah, that's very true, man. Right. Dude, you you are you have been given these uppercuts, man. And. I want to ask you because I think I'm going to wrap this up because I think that there's so much meat also just in this last 30 minutes or last 28 minutes that we've been talking. If you could leave or give a word of advice for parents right now who are dads who are struggling right now with raising their children who feel like, you know what, I'm balancing the weight of the world on my shoulder and I have this child or children that are essentially not making it easier. What yeah. word of advice, what work, what, what, what work, what wisdom would you give them? My, my, my thing is like, you know, the, the biggest thing that a dad can do, man, is set vision for his home. Mm. Right. Like, yo, where are we going? Like, what, what, are, what are we doing? Like, what is our purpose? Like, what are we what are we creating? Like that, you know, th- this is my thing. Like, dad, when you leave, like, what are you leaving us? What is your legacy? Yeah. Like when it's all said and done, did you just bring a whole lot of turmoil or did you leave something that our family, like the hearts when it's over, like the heart name means something. Mm. Were they like, not only like, yo, your daddy was dope, but like, yo, I see that he made a deposit. And then my children's have the same heart where they want to leave a mark on the world. Yeah. Like one of my one of my favorite stories in the Bible, bro, um, is when and it's late. So you got to work with me. You you seem like you're a Bible scholar. I, I, I'll fill I'll fill in the blanks. Yeah, okay, you're filling the blanks. But it was my man. I think it was Elijah when they threw Elijah. Was Elijah? They threw his dead body into a grave. Was yeah. it Elijah? Yeah. They threw his dead body in the grave and we celebrate on how the Bible talks about how there was so much power and those that was dead resurrected. Yeah. Let me tell you with me, I don't want that to be the case, bro. When I leave, I want to leave on empty. I want to be exhausted that I gave everything while I was amongst the living yeah. so that other generations can take what I've deposited, the videos that I left, the books that I've written, the organizations that I've started, the companies that I've started, that it will impact generations to come. But I already know that stuff is going to continue when I'm gone because that's how I'm trying to set it up. This is just the beginning. Yeah. My children is going to take this thing way further, bruh. Yeah. My son is going to be a way much better father than I ever was. My daughters, when they marry their husbands, yo, they're going to be blessed that they're going to have two dope daughters that was trained yeah. to be dope wives. That's good. You know what I mean? So it's all about legacy, man. So my thing to fathers out there is just like, yo, don't, don't beat yourself up. It's like, start from today. 
Like for real, start from today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start from today. Like, yo, I am going to become the best version of myself and I'm going to live authentic and I'm not going to be a fraud. I'm not going to be one thing publicly and another thing privately. I'm going to be authentic to myself and to my family. That's where it matters. Like, yo, you don't have, you don't, nobody have a heaven or a hell to put you in, right? Like you live authentically, you know, for yourself and for your family, man. Nobody else, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I, this is what I did. I, I mentor a lot of uh, college age men, uh, young men. And one day I took them all to the cemetery cemetery and we all walked around the cemetery just reading tombstones. And I looked at them and said, who are these people? They said, we didn't know. The only thing they knew about those people is what was written on those tombstones. And the thing about it is oftentimes what's written on the tombstones is somebody else's opinion or impression of who that person was. Yep. That's, That's all good. it is. We don't that the we will never hear the stories of who these people were. And what does that ultimately teach us about the world and about life, about manhood, about legacy? How do you live your life? What will people say about you? What will be their perception about you once you're in the grave? Because once you're there, you can no longer speak for yourself. And what people will remember you by is what their perception of you was. Yep. So that's dude, good, man. Man, I, I, um, that's good, bro. Dude. That's good, man. That's good. Yo, you know, I just want to say I, I for the record, know, I didn't even give you a, a shout out, man. I see your graphics here. Your graphic game is nice, oh, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. This is Dad in 101, man. We got to do it right, man. Yeah. I just want to say for the record, Sean Hart said that that was good. Hey, yeah. everybody <laughs> note that. Okay. Note that, man. I appreciate that, man. You know, but, I, I I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your work. I appreciate all that you're doing. Your legacy is screaming, man. It's screaming. And I appreciate your work. And man, I want to say thank you one for coming on, blessing the podcast, blessing the, our webinar series, man. You yes, sir. drop that fire. The I Am Man Podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves. 